is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It's the format show on Fantasy Football Today. You're in, playing in different formats. 10-team, 12-team, 14-team, auctions, PPR, half PPR, whatever. We've got strategies for every single format to help you get set for your drafts. We've also got to talk some preseason football. You know, Dave Richard, uh, a lot of games, a lot of preseason games are useless. They don't tell us much. But last night's game actually maybe told us uh, quite a bit. It was one of the more revealing preseason games. Yep. Absolutely. We saw Tevin Coleman play for the first time with the 49ers. He looked great. We saw the Broncos run game. That didn't look so great. And Emmanuel Sanders, Adam, tell me the truth. Did he really tear his Achilles? <laughs> because he's he's running around out there like he's 22 years old. It was unbelievable. I think what they did is they took out his Achilles, they put in a new Achilles, and then they took his old Achilles and they put it in Royce Freeman. <laughs> I think that's what the Broncos did because Emmanuel Sanders looked outstanding. I think he's going to be their number one receiver if he's going to play with that kind of speed. He lined up in the slot. He lined up out wide, and Joe Flacco could look for him deep all the time. I think he's going to be the number one receiver in Denver. Um, I'm really stunned to say it because usually guys that tear their Achilles, they're never the same. This is one who should pick up right where he left off last year. So... I yeah last year just how good was Emmanuel Sanders on a per game basis he was 17th in non PPR and 15th in PPR I keep saying this he had basically the same season as Julian Edelman very similar 71 catches 868 yards and four touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown uh, on 99 targets and that was only in 12 games which is also what Julian Edelman played now I, I'm not sure we're gonna project Emmanuel Sanders to be a top 17 wide receiver but. You know, another thing to keep in mind, he, his last five games were bad. He had only one game with more than 57 yards. That's kind of what you get from Emmanuel Sanders. But, you know, late, you've been able to get him without a top 100 pick. Do you think he should be a top 100 pick at this point? I've got him 96th in PPR. Hey. So the very last pick in round eight. Larry Fitzgerald. You'd love to have him in round nine. But Larry I think if you need a wide receiver. Or Emmanuel Sanders. Fitzgerald or Sanders. I've got Fitzgerald ahead of Emmanuel Sanders for now. Okay. Hey, um... Do you think like San Francisco fans are mad at me? Because you put the yeah. kibosh on Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. You gave him the bonanza treatment? Oof. He he looked even worse than his numbers. One of six, no yards of yes. the interception. That's a perfect way to put it. I, 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 I can give him a pass maybe on the interception because there was a defender coming down on him. But there, there was another pass that should have been intercepted yeah. and it wasn't, and you can't give him a pass on that one. No. He just doesn't look anything like the guy that we saw at this time last year. Really, He was a breakout candidate last year, and he looked good in the first three games before he tore his ACL. There's something different going on with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's certainly going to hurt his chances of being a great fantasy quarterback anytime soon. Should it, though, should it or can we just knock it off? Because look, this is, a, this is the first time he's played in a game since tearing his ACL, you know, there's obviously rust. Uh, I mean, you don't have let's, to draft. Let's him go a, back to what we always say about yeah. quarterbacks, Adam. It's right. so deep. Why take the risk? There's clearly risk in Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. So yeah. I, I can name 21 other quarterbacks. I'm happy to take ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo in a two quarterback or a super flex. Okay. I'll tell you why. Now it's a little bit different in a two quarterback league because, because you, 
you do have to factor in floor a little bit more. But as we always say, a one-quarterback league, you don't really have to factor in downside because you can just get somebody on waivers or draft two guys. So why take a chance on Jimmy Garoppolo? He has averaged 8.5 yards per attempt in nine games. Eight of them starts with San Francisco. That is ridiculously good. He hasn't been a big touchdown guy, and unfortunately he's been kind of a big interception guy. He has eight interceptions to 12 touchdowns. In uh, nine games, eight starts. But Nick Mullins last year, Nick Mullins was seventh in passing yards per game, fifth in passing yards per attempt. We know Shanahan's track record. We've seen what he did with Matt Ryan. There are pretty good weapons on this team. Uh, So there's a great reason, I think, to take a chance on Jimmy Garoppolo. It's why I've liked him so much. I think there's immense upside based on the system, based on what we've seen. Look what he did in his in the in the uh, five starts at the end of 2017. He was awesome. He was throwing, gosh, I I don't even know. He was throwing for like probably close to 300 yards per game. It was uh, it was crazy. So I'm not so, eliminating him from my draft board. Okay, but we're going to talk about league format and strategies for it. You tell me the type of league that you're drafting Jimmy Garoppolo in that isn't a two quarterback league. Oh, any any I'll draft him in any one quarterback league. I just I won't make him my only quarterback. He'll be one of two guys I pick, and I'll happily do it. And I hope his value drops because I will yeah. try to take advantage of that. <laughs> I, again, I can find plenty of other quarterbacks I'd rather spend that roster spot on than Garoppolo at this point. Sam Darnold, I'll take Sam Darnold out of Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. right now, based yeah. on what I've seen. Based on what you've seen, I get that, but I am trying not to be a preseason overreactor. And not okay. saying you are, because sometimes it matters. Sometimes it really matters what we see in the preseason. Six pass attempts for a guy who hasn't played in a year, it doesn't really matter to me. And like I said, I hope it knocks his value down, because I will take a chance on Jimmy Garoppolo, who, as I recall, has an awesome schedule. So that's another reason to like him. Um, but let's at talk Tampa more about Bay this game. At Tampa Bay in Week 1. Yeah. At Tampa Bay in Week 1. At Cincinnati in Week 2. Home at Pittsburgh in Week 3. And then on by in Week 4. Bold prediction. He will be off your fantasy team by week four. All right, I'm going, I'm going to be bullish on Jimmy G. I'm going to be bullish. Okay, so there's a lot more to talk about in this game. We have some, uh, hopefully, some rankings disputes a little bit later. I have an awesome announcement about the Telethon and the Podcast League and how they are intersecting. Uh, Jamie's going to be joining us shortly. Let's do some Hey Real Quick reacting from Monday night's game. Hey Real Quick, Philip Lindsay or Sony Michelle? Uh, hey Real Quick, is Sony Michelle healthy? You have to draft is. him right now, one way or another. I'm taking Sony Michelle over Philip Lindsay. I was I, I'm dis I'm not disappointed in Philip Lindsay. I'm disappointed that the Broncos seem to be uh, focused on giving him no more than three snaps consecutively, and then moving him out for somebody else. And then the somebody else is Royce Freeman. We'll get to him. And then on third downs, it was usually Devontae Booker playing, and that could be theoretic by the time we get to week four of the regular season. This is potentially a three-headed monster running back, and I don't know if I feel really good about it. Hey, real quick, Matt Breida or Royce Freeman? Uh, I'm taking Breida. Ask me Duke Johnson or Royce Freeman. (laughs) Well, I don't see why they should have been so far apart in ADP. You know, like they're both number two guys that are going to get work, and Breida's just probably better than Freeman. Well, maybe, but I, I think that people were buying back into Royce Freeman based on what they heard. Uh, at a training camp, and and this goes back to the Broncos' running back philosophy. They want to use multiple guys, but I don't know how much longer they can stand by Freeman if this is how he's going to play. Matt Breida was so good last night that he's better than Royce Freeman? I think so. I don't want either of these guys. These are both 
well into the double digit rounds. Matt Breida Round didn't 11, do anything last night. So I'd rather, you know, like it, I'd rather the like I don't have any faith in Royce Freeman. Yeah, I'll take Royce Freeman over Matt. Unless Kevin Coleman. I understand ha- having him over Coleman, having him over Breida, but aren't they similar? Uh, no, Breida's no. got speed. I think that uh, Breida's going to need an injury to get more touches than Royce Freeman. Okay. Uh, Freeman has a much higher ceiling. Hi, Jamie. Hey. Welcome to the show. All right, what were your big takeaways? We already talked about Garoppolo. Um, what were your big takeaways from this game? I want to talk about the receivers in this game. We talked about Sanders. How about the 49ers wide receivers? Uh, Garoppolo's six passes. Two of them went to Goodwin, one to Pettis, one to Jordan Matthews, one to tight end Caden Smith, and one to Matt Breida. Any, anything to take away there? I think Goodwin will end up being their best guy. Sleeper. Yeah, I mean, he's a steal. He's just an, uh, a free space in, on drafts right now. Are you also making Emmanuel Sanders your number one Denver wide receiver? Oh, you have to. Yeah. I mean, what he showed last night was amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, hey, real quick. It's exciting. It's exciting to see him back at this level. Can you Ka- believe it? Can no. you believe no. that a guy who tore his Achilles actually is playing like that? It's yeah. fantastic. Hey, real quick. Kyler Murray or Jimmy Garoppolo? Murray. Uh, Murray, but neither if you can. Come on, guys. Like, let be nice to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, are we not overreacting on pre on bad preseason performances with both these guys? I was drafting Kyler Murray way ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo before Jimmy Garoppolo played in the preseason. There's so much more upside with Kyler Murray. So much. When it comes to taking one, there's way more. And and I think that Kyler Murray is still. I, I think he's a value pick right now because everybody's judging him based on one quarter of a preseason game that his offensive line wasn't prepared for. This is going to be a completely different offense when we see it in week one. I think the offensive line is going to get a little bit better than what we saw. I don't think it's going to, you know, turn into the Pittsburgh Steelers or anything like that. But I think Kyler Murray is going to be just fine. I don't think there's less risk in taking him now because he's falling in drafts. I love it. I'm taking him. It's exactly what I just said about Jimmy Garoppolo. Almost everything you said. Is exactly what I just said about Jimmy Garoppolo. They're both very good number two quarterbacks to take chances on. Yeah, I think that basically sums it up. But you don't have to draft them as starters. I still have Kyler in my top. Oh, you can. You don't have to, though. But it, and I think you're going to find that most drafts are not going to have them as starters. Our ADP so far has Tom Brady moving ahead of both of them, which I think is the right thing to do. That's interesting. I'm, I was happy to draft Kyler round eight, round nine. And I'll admit I have moved him down to the point where I'll take him in round 10, but I'm still taking him. I'll still take him ahead of Brady for now. So real quick, I want to let everybody know today's sponsors are FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash FFT. Get a $5 bonus on your first deposit. I, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, week one. Nobody's going to want him. Uh, NFL Game Pass is our other sponsor. I did not catch the beginning of the game yesterday, so I watched it this morning on NFL Game Pass on condensed mode. I watched the first quarter in like less than five minutes. It was great. NFL Game Pass, go to nfl.com slash fantasy football today. You can get a seven-day free trial. So to, just to put a bow on this game, when would you take Philip Lindsay at this point? Six. Still same, round five. Mm, man, it was a really a frustrating way that they used them. As Dave said on I Twitter, agree. like, let them get into a rhythm. Can't, not keep subbing them in and out. Just It's the preseason. Yeah, I know, but... But is, is that a tendency that changes in the regular season? I think it changes because Royce Freeman's just going to play his way out of the rotation. And Philip Lindsay will handle first and second down, and it'll be Riddick or Booker on third. 
that that that's what I'm hoping for when I draft Philip Lindsay. But he's he he's a great zero RB type of running back. I don't know if he's a good number two target anymore. Let's take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, we've got news and notes. Antonio Brown is back in Raiders camp or back with the Raiders. Ezekiel Elliott's not happy. Melvin Gordon's waiting for a phone call. We'll talk about it all right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I got some important announcements to make, everybody. Hope you're sitting down. We've got a new hire, a new member of the team, someone who's going to help us produce the show, someone who's going to help us on social media, who's going to make the show more interactive, get the listeners more involved. His name is Ben Schrager, and he's going to be running, uh, you know, he's going to be helping out with our Twitter accounts and Facebook and everything. So the Twitter account at FF Today, follow that. And the Facebook group is Fantasy Football Today. We're over 6,000 members. Let's get to 10,000. Join the Facebook group. Obviously, it's free. You know, just get on there. I approve some posts. Ben's going to approve some posts. I'm going to start doing some AMAs in there. Ask me anything. So uh, join the Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today. And I thought Will Brinson from the Pick 6 podcast was going to be on today's show. I was wrong. He's going to be on tomorrow's show. But we will have that bonus episode, the Pick 6 takeover with Will, one of the Pick 6 guys, I think Sean, and Jamie. That one's going to air it's going to be in our FFT feed tonight. I'm going to publish it. So you'll have two episodes today, and then we'll have one tomorrow as well. But you'll get six episodes this week. You'll get some different perspective from the Pick 6 guys. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be on the Pick 6 podcast this week. I, uh, Jamie and Dave are on there a lot. So check out Pick 6. It's one of the best football podcasts around uh, for sure. News and notes, guys. Uh, Antonio Brown is back with Oakland, but he has filed a grievance over his helmet. Jamie, has anything changed since you... Basically, yeah, said you wanted nothing to do with him yesterday. Oh no, I want nothing to do with him. Okay, feet to the fire. I'll, I'll have something to do with him, but it's got to be late round three. Late round I'm three just not for Dave. Get him in late round three. He won't be. He might. Well, then I'll take him. Good. All right. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott did not like Jerry Jones's Zeke who comment, and uh, uh, we don't know that his agent said that. They could have been fine with it. What? Why would his agent lie about that? True. Why would his agent lie about that? Because it's such, it's it's, such a stupid thing. Because if yeah. you watch the the show, as watch the comment as opposed to just reading it, it's entirely different. Yeah, it was in jest. It's really a non-story. It's just an opportunity for the agent to hype up on the on the negotiation. Uh, Melvin Gordon says he's still waiting for the Chargers to call. So we're much more optimistic about Zeke. Then Melvin Gordon reporting. Yep. Okay, some more news items. Corey Clement for the Eagles. He's back. He got some first-team reps. Do you think there's anything to that? 
hopefully not. But just another, it's just another reminder of how the Eagles like to use more than one running back. And Miles Sanders has a little bit of an uphill battle to try and earn that every down roll with them. Not saying he can't do it, but it's, it's going to be a little tough for him. He won't do it right away. Marquise Brown practiced for the first time. Meanwhile, Miles Boykin did not practice. What would it take and, for you to draft Marquise Brown? I drafted both Brown and Boykin with two of my last three picks in the Kings Classic draft that I did this past weekend. It was 14 teams. It was rounds 14 and 15. So things were really thin. I'm hoping one of them pops. It's a little bit of that friendship strategy that you talk about, Adam. And I think that that's okay to do with those two guys. But uh, Harbaugh said that Brown's got a long way to go. We don't know too many details on the Boykin injury. I'm sure that'll come out soon. Obviously, these are not guys that you're targeting on draft day, unless it's just way late in a, say, 14-team PPR. Here's a, here's a hot take for you. Willie Sneed and Chris Moore will be better than Marquise Brown and Nick Boyle, and Miles Boykin. And, and Nick Boyle. And Nick Boyle. Throw him in there, too. And if that's the case, there will be zero interesting pass catchers on the Ravens this year for fantasy. Um, interesting, well, yes. Catch some passes. Productive, maybe not. I mean, yeah. you, were, you were Mr. Willie Sneed last year, were you not? Yeah, you know, in our 14-team podcast league, he was basically like a guaranteed five for 50 every week, and that was useful. That was useful. It doesn't kill you. Yeah. Uh, All right, what else we got? Ronald Jones and Mike Evans are day-to-day. Deontay Foreman's on IR with a torn biceps. Uh, New England. I don't like what uh, Bruce Arians said about Mike Evans. What did he say? He said he doesn't know when he'll be back. I don't like that either. Just another another wide receiver that we were taking in. In the top two rounds, who has a question mark? Uh, Julian Edelman's back. Drew Locke and Noah Fant have minor injuries. How about this one, guys? DJ Chark, do 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 do. ESPN's Mike Duraco, Duraco. I don't know. He said that Chark has Durocco. been the, the most impressive receiver for Jacksonville. I'll tell you what, Pete Prisco's drink has been talking about him for since uh, last season. You know, he kept telling me that he's uh, he's going to be the one you want to keep an eye on and. You know, if he can expand his route tree, it's going to be interesting to see how he connects with Nick Foles because he's a new quarterback, you know. So he comes in with no, you know, past history or favoritism, you know, to any guy. Uh, the thought should still be D.D. Westbrook because of where he lines up. But now that Marquise Lee is back and act off the pup list, we'll see if, you know, it changes things for how they line up different guys. And I think, you know, if you're looking at just a late-round flyer, D.J. Tark in a 14-team league, like you said, Adam, in regard to Willie Sneed, not a bad guy to take a look at. There's a lot of potential for him because he's very tall and very fast. And when you watch him line up against a 5'10 corner, you think, how in the world does he not get every single target? It's not quite Calvin Johnson versus somebody, but he's he's a big, long dude with deep speed. He's just got to be able to put it all together and be more aggressive going for the ball when it's in the air. And if he can do that, then yeah, he, he could be really something special. All right, that's DJ Chark. So asking a follow-up on this, would you rather have Emmanuel Sanders or or Dede Westbrook? Still Dede for me. <laughs> it's, it's still Dede. It's, it's Sanders for me. I've been on Team Sanders for a while. So You're taking Sanders the, over Westbrook now? Absolutely. Yeah. I, well, I'm not. A, I'm not a Westbrook guy. I just. I I feel like it's a little bit of a hopeful assumption that, that Westbrook is going to be so good. Like he really doesn't have that much of a track record to fall back on. I don't know why we're. He's, Assuming this on him. I, I think we're banking on him getting good volume. And I, I think that that creates kind of a, a good floor for him. 
I, I don't see him getting to a thousand yards. I don't see him getting nine touchdowns or anything like that. But I don't see Emmanuel Sanders getting there either. If you're talking value, the value is Sanders. Yeah. If you're going to say pass on Westbrook to get Sanders, then I'm all in. But if you're saying who has the chance for a better season, I'll still take Westbrook. Okay. Uh, Darius Geis is, is expected to play on Thursday. Be nice to see him. Derrick cool, Henry yeah. returned to practice. And both the NFL and the Players Association are open to expanding the playoff field from 12 teams to 14 teams. I say it's perfect at 12. Leave it at 12, people. I agree. Yeah. All right. Good. Thank you. I think you're going to be very excited for this email of the day. I think Jamie is going to put this person in the podcast league, but he can't really. So oh, for sure. <laughs> it's already done. This is from Anonymous. He doesn't want his name read. He said, Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, I was listening to yesterday's show. I thought of an idea for you to consider. How about auctioning off a spot in the podcast league for St. Jude's to support the kids? I would bid, and I bet others would as well. Done. Done. It's actually already in motion because of this email. Anonymous, thank you. Going to have a link for you uh, tomorrow, most likely, but we're going to do it on eBay. And you can follow the at FF Today Twitter account for more information. And yes, I know it's a little, I don't want to make people pay to get in the podcast league, but I will certainly do it for this cause. So we'll benefit St. Jude's and the highest bidder gets in the podcast league. And I'll give you more information on Twitter, the Facebook group, and on this show. So thank you for a great idea and really excited for it. We're doing something else as well, just in regard to uh, not the the podcast league, but for for fantasy advice. So what we're going to do on the telethon is if you tweet us a picture of your donation, uh, has to be obviously an authentic donation to St. Jude. We're gonna do. We're gonna answer every Twitter question, obviously within reason. And anyone that does not get their question answered on the show, because we're gonna be on for six hours, so we hope to answer all of the people that send us in their questions. Dave is going again, to personally call them and answer their people. questions. Awesome, great. <laughs> no, stuff. but I'm going. I'm I'm gonna personally answer all of their questions if they don't get answered on the air. So anybody that shows us, uh, we'll have. Uh, I'll I'll tweet out a. Uh, whatever the hashtag we're going to use for this. Uh, but again, it has to be that you show us your donation. So it could be a dollar, uh, could be, you know, hopefully more than that. But uh, we're going to make it a point that anybody that donates and shows us that they donated, you're going to 100% have your question answered, uh, hopefully again by Thursday, but if not by the end of the, uh, end of the week for sure. Great. That's great stuff. And we're looking forward to it. it Thursday, noon to 6 Eastern. Uh, cbssports.com you can watch on HQ just get the CBS Sports app on any of your connected devices and Jamie mentioned he's going to answer a lot of tweets that's what we're going to do right now after we do this we'll get into the uh, the format questions and some position preview recaps just to sort of reset everything we've talked about over the last couple weeks but let's do some rapid fire tweets here from Corey Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon in non-PPR Mixon Mixon that was close from Audrey LaShawn McCoy, where do you have to take McCoy, and how soon will Singletary be utilized more than McCoy? I'm I'm waiting a long time for LaShawn McCoy. I'm thinking like the round 9, 10 type of range. I like the long-term appeal of Singletary more, so I'm taking Singletary ahead of LaShawn McCoy, but also in that same 9, 10 range. Um, I think the 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 round is is appropriate. You know, anything within pick 90 to 100. Uh, you know, that's about the earliest I would go with him. Um, Singletary is probably two or three rounds later. Do you think Singletary is their passing downs guy? No. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm ready to anoint him that. Okay. 
Next question is from Brandon. And honestly, I put this in here because we got like five variations of the same question. How do you feel about wide receiver and running back on the same team? Like A.B. and Jacobs, Montgomery or Cohen and Robinson, et cetera, whatever. Well, you and I did that in the two quarterback league. You took the two Browns guys. I took the two Steelers guys. Right. With our Those first are good defense. offenses to do that with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, if, if you get two superstars on the same team, then it, it's easy to get away with. You know, I don't know how many people like are targeting DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller. You know, I think right. that just Derek kind of, Henry and Corey Davis. Oh, that'd be the, the opposite of what right, you want exactly. to do. Um, if it works out, you know, I, I think it could be great. You know, it's not, uh, it, it's, it's going to, you're going to have some weeks where there's, there's some struggles, but in the case of what Adam did, and I think in the case of what I do with the Steelers, those are two very good tandems at those respective positions. Mm-hmm. You got to target good offenses. Uh, from Adam, Montgomery or Cohen in PPR? Montgomery. Which Montgomery? David. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, why did uh, I answer I'll that? Still, I'll still take Montgomery. Okay. Jai Henry says, fourth pick in a non-PPR league. Talk me out of David Johnson over Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, if you're scared of Ezekiel Elliott holding out, you can't take him. I'm not... I, I actually passed on Zeke in a, in a draft that we did yesterday because it was PPR... It was super flex, and you had to start three wide receivers. So I went with DeAndre Hopkins over Zeke. But in in a league like the one you're talking about, I'm still taking Zeke. I just it just means you have to draft a couple extra running backs along the way. It's not that big of a deal. If you can guarantee me Elliott and Pollard, I will take that over David Johnson, ten out of ten. Who's your number five running back now? Nick Chubb, and it has been for a while. James Connor. Okay, yeah, so that's why you wouldn't take David Johnson because he's not even our next best running back. From the great John Dean, do not draft list. Do not draft list. Antonio Brown, Melvin Gordon, and any Washington Redskin? Um, I'm, I'm not drafting Antonio Brown at the ADP that he's at. And I'll, I'll take Jordan Reed with a late pick based on how he's looked in training camp and the, the fact that this team's going to play from behind pretty much every single game that they're in. I'll, I'll I'll start the season with Jordan Reed as my tight end. There's no such thing as a do not draft list. There's a thing as avoid ADP. There's a thing as bust. When you say do not draft, it means that you're not going to take him at any point in the draft. Obviously, you're going to take Jordan Reed. You're going to take Adrian Peterson at the right spot. You're going to take Darius Geis at the right spot. You're going to take Antonio Brown at the right spot. So can't say do not draft. Don't say it. Okay, from Ben, does Joe Mixon have the highest floor of any running back outside of the top three? No. No. It's you know it's a good point. He's gonna get a lot of touches. He's fairly safe. Somebody on Twitter mentioned terrible offensive line could derail Joe Mixon. Who who has the highest floor? Okay, let's say the big four. Who has the highest floor outside the big four? Outside of the big four, yeah, four? the big four, the highest floor, big floor. I'm um, I'm still gonna say James Conner. Yeah, I'll take Chubb. Okay, uh, from Stephen, can Godwin beat out Evans to be the number one wide receiver in Tampa Bay? May happen by default now. Uh, no. If if Evans still gets as many or more targets than Godwin, I like Evans' chance to lead that team in yards and touchdowns pretty from, handily. From Russ, who's your favorite player to roster this season that most other people would say, quote, who is that? Oh, I'm feeling that way about Darren Waller. I'm feeling that way about TJ Hawkinson as far as late-round tight end. Um, is there a running back out there that people don't know about? Like there's everybody knows who everybody is now. So I, I, I think that that's about as good of an answer as I can give. I take Trey Quinn a lot. 
I think he's going to end up being the best Washington receiver this year. I think Preston Williams is worth a look for the Dolphins. Mm. Um, okay, from Timmy. They got to you... cut two guys, though, for that to happen. They got to cut Devontae Parker and get rid of Alan Hearns. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I just like he's a talented guy who didn't get drafted because of off-field issues, so he could be sure. their best receiver. Who knows? Uh, who would you prefer why, running why back? Why Preston Williams over Jacoby Myers? No, he's another good because of Josh Gordon, I guess. But I would, mm, I don't know who I would take. But yeah, they're both uh, they're both late round flyers. From Timmy, uh, Eman- uh, Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard? Sanders. Uh, Sanders. From Anthony, Devin Singletary or Darwin Thompson? Thompson. Yeah. From Evan, who's more likely to finish top three at his position, Juju or James Conner? Juju. I'll say Conner and non-PPR, Juju and full PPR. From Incognito Bears, why isn't Tevin Coleman rising the way that some other running backs are, like Carrion Carson and Freeman? Go back and watch last night. I don't. What do you mean? I don't. I thought he looked great last night. I that thought Tevin Coleman looked, looked good. Well, I think Garoppolo looked terrible. I think Tevin Coleman looked good. I just Coleman don't know has if been going to get the he, type of he, work that those other running backs. He's, he's get. been a guy that was going in round six that we've been telling you to go, that should be going in round four. But I don't see him as a round three guy anytime soon. I don't think any of us do. No, I don't know about that. The way Heath was talking about him yesterday, Heath had no, him he in his said top round four. four. But he had him in his He's top four in that, I, in that running back group, and those guys go in rounds three and four. His yeah. ADP right now is 60.25. So the guys that he's behind that he should be going ahead of, in my opinion, Philip Lindsay, Tony yep. Michelle, yep. Derek Henry, David Montgomery, yep. and then it comes to, you know, you can debate Mark Ingram, you could debate Chris Carson, you could debate Josh Jacobs. I mean, they're all fine. Melvin Gordon's a different category. But I, I think, you know, that's kind of where the cutoff is for me is, is where it, where it gets to Ingram. Like, I take him over Montgomery, and that's the end of it. And Montgomery's ADP is 49.79, so he's just outside of the round four range. You're talking the end of round four, and I think that's where Coleman comes into play. Yeah, I've got Montgomery a little bit ahead of Tevin Coleman. It, I go back and forth between those two. I just think Montgomery's going to end up getting more touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think Coleman's going to get much more touches. That's the problem. I do worry a little bit about Coleman's catches. I don't know what the situation is going to be there. Jimmy Garoppolo has not been a guy who has thrown to his running backs, and they have several of them, and they still have Kyle Juszczyk, who Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown to. So um, I don't know what he will be in the passing game, but I agree with the sentiment that Coleman should be a riser, especially with the McKinnon injury, and uh, I, I still have faith in the Niners' offense. I don't really care about last night, but I understand. Oh, I'm just—I was just joking. I, I mean, look, Tevin Coleman's got a great opportunity, especially if there's one less mouth to feed there. If Jared McKinnon doesn't show up anytime soon, unless right. they go with Raheem Mostert, who looked really good. Like the Broncos should trade for Raheem Mostert. Yeah, you know, Mostert actually looked good last year too in limited action. Yeah, okay. he did. Let's go real quick. Get here. rid of Freeman and go with Mostert and finish up here from Jacob. Best rookie wide receiver for redraft. Oh, I don't know if there's a, a great answer for this one because there's knocks on almost all of them. <laughs> degenerative, uh, degenerative, degenerative knee Metcalf. That's what we're calling him now. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll still take Debo. I think I've got Harry ranked the highest of all the rookie receivers this year, and it's well into round 11, 12. Okay. Uh, Diggs or Thielen, half PPR? I'm, Thielen. I'm, you have to go with Thielen. 
if we get 16 games of Antonio Brown, what number wide receiver will he be? Eight. Sure. Which ranking should I use in half PPR? PPR. And finally, from Pantera Bread, which is better than Panera Bread, what is one stat (laughs) or theory or principle that each podcast member admittedly applies too much value? A stat or a theory or a principle that you give too much value to? I will say that uh, the the fear that I have of going zero RB, I've never really done it, and I definitely want to do it this year. I apply too much value to like having uh, rounds three, four running backs, so uh, I might stray from that. I'm gonna do like ten leagues this year. I might stray from that in a couple and see how it turns out. I'll I'll always try and play it safe when it comes to running backs who have a track record of significant injuries and try and kind of weave my way around them and go with other players, veer toward younger running back. Okay. All right. Good stuff, guys. Thank you for your tweets. You can follow us at Dave Richard, at Jamie Eisenberg, J-A-M-E-Y, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, and at Heath Cummings Sr., at Heath Cummings S-R, and also at Yards Per Gretch. That's Ben Gretch, who's uh, you're hearing about once a week on this show. So we're going to recap all the stuff we've talked about over the last few weeks, the position previews, format questions, and your emails at fantasyfootball.cbsi.com coming up right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. I like to I like to look back. I like to sum it up. You know, not everybody has time to listen to every episode. So you're about to do a draft and you're like, hey, I didn't have time to listen to the quarterback preview or the or the running backs or the wide receivers or the tight ends. Well, what have you been doing, first of all? But maybe you forgot a lot of stuff. So let's just talk about it, guys. Uh give me your overall summation of the quarterback position and how you're approaching it on draft day. So the first thing you've got to do is think about how much you believe in Patrick Mahomes having another five thousand yard, fifty touchdown season. If you think he can do it again. You're going to draft them early. If not, you're going to look for a great value at quarterback because there are so many good ones that you can literally wait till round seven plus nine plus and still come away with a quarterback that you're very happy to start right away. Oh, you're done. Um, who's a guy you find yourself <laughs> drafting a lot? Jameis is like free. Yep. And I'm getting I'm getting Matt Ryan a bunch. I still think he's going to have another huge year, and I'm getting him below what his ADP is. So very happy with that. The the quarterbacks going in the first five rounds are Mahomes, Rodgers, Watson, Mayfield, and Ryan. And so those are the guys. If you want to take somebody early, that's what you're looking at. And these are the guys that you can get after that. No, Andrew Luck has obviously fallen a lot. Understandably, why? I think he'll find his way creeping back up if we get past this week and the Colts say he's fine for week one. You'll see his ADP probably skyrocket as well as his rankings. But, Adam, I know you take a lot of Jared Goff. Yep. Cam Newton is, uh, you know, round seven. Uh, and this is, you know, again, factoring in how we draft comparatively to how the public drafts. Uh, Carson Wentz, 
is later than those guys. Roethlisberger and Brady, you can, you know, argue, do they deserve to be in the top 12? You know, that's that's for a different conversation. But uh, you're getting Winston late. You're getting Rivers late. You're getting Lamar Jackson, which is one of my favorite steals at the quarterback position and who will be a top 10 quarterback if he plays 16 games. He's free. Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo still, I think, is worth if you want to take a flyer on. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just so many guys that you can get in later picks, you know, depending, again, how your draft goes. If it's, you know, you want to say quarterbacks go early, so it's after round five. If you say it's, you know, quarterbacks go tend to go late, it's, you know, potentially double-digit rounds. There, there's just so many ways to draft this position that you don't have to fall in love with one of the early picks because you don't need to. Yep, there are more than 20 good starting quarterbacks, and keep that in mind for 2QB or Superflex leagues. And uh, I, I cannot see Cam Newton not setting a career high in passing yards. His career high came in his rookie year, 4,051 yards. I think he surpasses that. And uh, I'm excited to draft him and golf, as Jamie mentioned. Okay, how about running back, Jamie? Yeah, well, me- I'm, I'm just, just for, we're quarterbacks. You know, we're going to break down our super flex draft that we did yesterday on CBS Sports HQ. You're going to come on, Adam, and, and grade our uh, our teams as, and yours as well. I took Cam Newton and Andrew Luck in round seven, six and seven. Yeah, terrific. I mean, it's just easy, free. Uh, running backs, how would you sum up running back, Jamie? I think, you know, if, you, if you're picking the first four spots, it's easy to take one of those guys and still take Ezekiel Elliott as of uh, August 20th in the top four spots. Then it just becomes, you know, what the your draft slot is and how much you're in love with any of those other guys that are first-round caliber. And that includes, as you see, based on ADP, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Nick Chubb, and David Johnson, uh, and Joe Mixon as well. I think those are all first-round caliber running backs. The guys that are after them are, I think, going to be the, the swing type of guys that could really make, be difference makers in your leagues. Todd Gurley, Dalvin Cook, Kerryon Johnson, Leonard Fournette. And then those round three and four guys, uh, I, I think if you do go receiver, receiver with your first two picks, you're still going to be very happy with the group that's there. Devontae Freeman, Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, they're all very good and have the chance to be top 10 caliber running backs. It's the next group I think that's very intriguing and seeing how they're going to all perform. Obviously, there's a wild card of Melvin Gordon, but it's the David Montgomery, Mark Ingram, Sony Michelle, depending on format, Lindsay, depending on format. Uh, again, I think Coleman's probably ahead of that group. Um, those are going to be the ones I think that are, that are worth your, your interest as a third running back in that rounds, in those rounds five through seven that could really, you know, swing your roster in, in a, in an upswing if they, if they hit as I expect that they will. And it's not a bad year for zero RB, right? I mean, there's some mid to late round value that we, that we really like. The, the problem with zero RB right now, it's the receivers that you're having to take in that round two, three range if you don't love them. So it's yeah. it's taking one of those guys early, which the top seven are still safe right now. You know, Mike Evans, I think, is in the conversation because of what he should be able to do. But if he's hurt, you know, that that's going to, you know, sort of scare people off a little bit from taking him in the second round when you may want to take a flyer on still Gurley, still Fournette, carry on Dalvin Cook, all those guys. And then it becomes, do you love the round three receivers, which as we are starting to see, you know, maybe Adam Thielen is pulling away from the pack, but that's the Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen. T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, you know, uh, do, do you want to take the Rams guys in the third round, you know, especially in non-PPR? So it, it's very interesting to see how that's going to impact going zero RB, unless, of course, you just take a tight end or a quarterback instead of taking a second receiver. Yeah, right. If you have a late pick, this relates to both running back and wide receiver. If you have a late pick and you're going you know, Juju and Michael Thomas with your first two picks, and then George Kittle in round three, and then maybe Brandon Cooks is there in round four, Robert Woods, 
or if you reach for Chris Godwin, uh, I don't know if that's a huge reach. Um, you know, that's that's fine. And then hopefully at the end of round five, you know, which based on ADP, it's possible. Tevin Coleman could be sitting there as a top 60 pick, but, you know, but somewhere between 55 and 60. Lamar Miller, uh, Miles Sanders, Darwin Thompson, you know, take some flyers on some guys and you can make it work. Dave, wide receiver then, let's transition to that. Your thoughts on wide receiver. Yeah, to me, it goes hand in hand with running back. And I think Jamie laid it out pretty perfectly. I've never been more excited to do zero RB in my life than I am now. And getting that late first round pick and going receiver, receiver, and getting two of those top seven receivers, I think it could end up being um, a huge advantage to fantasy rosters this year. And it's, it's really just based on all the guys that we've talked about who you, who you can't look at and say, that's a reliable stud. That's somebody who's going to be huge for me week in and week out. And it also has to do with the running backs that are available rounds three through six. I think there's enough there where they're, they're not going to be like Saquon, but a thousand to 1200 total yards, seven touchdowns. I think a lot of those guys are good candidates for it. So I, I'm going to reference this draft I did again last Saturday, 14 teams. I started without getting a running back until round five. Uh, I had DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, George Kittle, and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes in round four. And I'm I'm just so thrilled to have that group as a base for my team, knowing that I've got just, you know, a, a gallery of good, solid to good running backs to pick from each week in, in my lineup. But I've got the wide receiver position covered because I just don't think there are a lot of receivers that have... 1200 yard eight touchdown potential compared to running backs that do yeah th- there's a drop off at receiver where is it for you guys like after cup uh, ridley josh gordon well there, there there's a drop after mike evans okay sorry let me there's a point in receiver once you start to get to the robbie anderson you know originally dante pettis sure now will yeah, Fuller. i think it's not as it's I not think, as exciting i think you could call that drop off maybe at AJ green, like that might be the point where you'll say, okay, none of these other receivers wet my whistle. And I know that when AJ green comes back, he's going to give me production like a number one receiver. Yeah. I'll I'll take it much further than that. I think there's a lot more guys to like after that group. But how many of those guys have the big potential that we're talking about? It's, I, but it's all relative, though. If, like, if, if there's big potential, they're going to be drafted higher. It's not necessary. You have to keep things in perspective. It's what you're expecting to get from them. Now, is everybody going to be a top 10 receiver if you're drafting them in round seven or round eight? Absolutely not. But if you're taking them to be starters for you on a uh, a four to five week stretch of the season or maybe more if you hit on the right guy, I think that's the type of group you're looking at. Like, I still love taking Sterling Shepard. I'm going to be thrilled if I end up with in the right spot guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Allen Robinson. I mean, Sammy Watkins, if he plays 16 games, big if. But if he does, you're going to be getting great production. Corey Davis, big if. But if it happens, you like Deshaun Jackson, Heath likes Tyrell Williams. They're going to be starters for you at some point during the season. But that, that I think, is the area where you start to get a little bit concerned. If you tell me I'm getting Robbie Anderson and Will Fuller, and, and obviously you know how I feel about Curtis Samuel, Mike Williams is still going to put up some decent numbers. I mean, th- th- those are very good receivers. They are. But they don't have the upside of Miles Sanders. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think they absolutely do. I think in PPR, they do. To get a starting Even in running back, though. Yeah, I... Okay, well, that's... I, okay, well, that's, I think, what I, the decision you have to make of when is the drop-off, and I guess it's a little bit later for, for Jamie. How many of the receivers that you named, Jamie, are you comfortable having in your starting lineup? All of them. 
Okay. So, so like that's the case for going heavy on running back is that if you're comfortable with Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Robbie Anderson, did you say Curtis Samuel? Because I know that. Yeah. I, I draft him as a starter in, in several leagues. Okay. So if, if you're cool with those receivers, and this is a question that I think people who are going to draft have to ask themselves before they go into the draft. If you like those guys and you see the upside in them, then yeah, you're going to go heavy at other positions. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Let's talk, uh, let's talk tight end. And uh, what, what are your thoughts on tight end? Dave, you're very aggressive. You with, know me. With Kelsey, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm basically trying to get Kelsey or Kittle um, in every single draft I'm in. I, I don't want to mess around with the position. I might speculate on one of the guys that I mentioned earlier uh, as a, as a, bench stash, but I really want to try and get one of those two or, and Ertz is in that mix as well, just so I don't have to stream tight ends, get eight or nine points out of my tight end and, and say, wow, great week. I want a guy that's going to produce like a top 15 receiver. So every chance I get at one of those top three tight ends, I'm taking. I pass on the top three guys because there's going to be regression for all three of them to what level we'll find out, but it's going to be some numbers that get cut back. I mean, they were just historical last year and it's not going to be replicated. So I'd rather wait based on the value and get one of Ingram, Howard, or Henry if I can. Um, That's obviously not always realistic. If I miss on those three guys, then I'm looking for Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed, or Vance McDonald because I think those are the next three guys that have the chance to pop this year. Cool. All right, let's answer some format questions now. Tell me how things change in each format. I got a lot of formats here, so uh, we'll try to keep it moving, I guess. Non-PPR. Let's just start with regular old standard scoring, non-PPR. People play that? <laughs> I, I think people play it. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, I think I think receiver loses value significantly because the catches just don't count. But doesn't mean you have to avoid them. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still going to adhere to the same strategy that I'm going to do in PPR for the most part. I'm looking for a tight end early and collect a bunch of running backs later on, no matter whether I take zero RB or not. Okay. Uh, running backs are just mega valuable. They, uh, quarterbacks, are they more valuable in non-PPR compared to full PPR? A little bit. Because just, you know, you you look at some of these pass-catching running backs, you know, like if you're debating between Duke Johnson and, and your starting quarterback, it might be better off taking Duke Johnson. I gave these stats. We're in non-PPR. Especially if you're just waiting on a quarterback at that point, it's not going to matter. I gave these stats weeks ago, so I doubt anyone remembers. But I looked at the top 60 flex players, the top 60 running back, wide receivers, tight ends, in non, half, and full PPR over the last two seasons. Uh, top 60 flex players in non-PPR. In 2017, running backs and wide receivers were tied. And in, in 2018, running backs outnumbered wide receivers by three in the top 60. We move over to half PPR. Uh, over the last two years, there were seven more wide receivers than running backs in the top 60 in 2017 and five more in 2018. And then uh, in full PPR, it's a huge difference. Over the last two years, there were nine more wide receivers than running backs in the top 60. So you're, you're looking at two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex. In a full PPR league, it's probably going to it doesn't have to be, but it's you know, it's more likely to be a uh a wide receiver there because they're just better, obviously, than running backs. But running backs are starting to catch more passes, so you have to keep that in mind. We like fifty catch running backs. There were sixteen of them last year. There were fourteen of them in two thousand seventeen. And the last thing on this, no matter what the format is, if you get those mega valuable running backs, they are better than the wide receivers, which is why we're always fishing for those elite running backs. 
All right, half PPR. I don't know if we talk about it enough. How do you make the decision between a guy like Derrick Henry or Sony Michelle? We like better. Sony Michelle versus James White in all of the formats, you know? And in half PPR, where would you come out on that? I'm still going to value the the pass catching running backs a little bit more because they're getting points. It'll add up over the balance of the season that the other running backs just aren't going to get. So, you know, in, in the case of James white versus Sony, Michelle, we're talking about an extra 40 to 50 points probably for, I don't know if it's that many for James white, but let's call it 30. And I think that that could come out helping him to a degree and Sony, Michelle to make that up. He'd have to score five extra touchdowns. He'd have to stay healthy like James White does. I, I don't know if I can really buy into that. So leaning toward James White makes some sense. We're at now. All right. Do you how do you guys change your strategy at all in half PPR? I I value the pass catchers just like I would in full PPR. It just comes down to the player and and the the tiebreaker. It's the the scenario you brought up of those two guys, the Patriots guys. It's a lot different conversation in that format than it is in full PPR because I mean, look, while James White will benefit with the, the added bonus for the catches that he'll get compared to Michelle, the touchdowns make up the difference there. So the, the gap closes for me a lot more. I would, uh, I, I would lean a little bit more towards Sony Michelle in that format than I would towards, um, towards James White. All right. So how about full PPR guys? And how does your strategy change when we start talking about full PPR leagues? So in this format, I'm far more excited to go zero RB. I know there's a bunch of running backs that catch 40, 50 passes per year, but the wide receivers are out there that can catch 70 plus passes per year. And their value comes a lot closer to the top running backs in fantasy. So I'm I'm happy to kind of give up on a lot of those round two type of running backs, round three types of running backs to hog up all those wide receivers. And I, I kind of can't believe that I'm coming out this way. But this is this is how the game has changed and how receivers have kind of developed over the past two seasons in the NFL. Jamie, your thoughts on full PPR? You see that, and you're, you're oh, we're doing a draft today. What's the scoring format? It's PPR. What what goes on in your brain? I mean, the first thing is depending on where you pick. You know, that's the the biggest decision that's going to sway. I think how you approach the different formats because it's easier to go receiver receiver with your first couple picks. And then also to, you know, sort of shy away from certain backs, um, in lieu of other positions. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's the, the philosophy doesn't really change so much for me because it's really comes down to what spot I'm picking in the draft. But, you know, I think you're going to gravitate a little bit more toward the receivers in the first round than you are some of those running backs, the, the guys like James Conner and, and David Johnson, those guys, when you can have, somebody like Juju or Michael Thomas or, you know, the guys that are guaranteed at least based on track record or what the situation is to be a hundred catch guys. Yeah. It's you, you could really run the risk of downgrading non-pass catching running backs a little bit too much. But having said that, like, you know, Derek Henry, just, it would have to be such incredible value. Philip Lindsay would scare me a little bit. He'd have to have a really good year, which he definitely still could have, but the guys that aren't involved in the passing game, they just have so much bust potential on a week to week basis. Uh, they so many quiet games when they don't score a touchdown or they get taken out of the game plan. Like I was thinking about Marlon Mack, you know, they, oh, the Colts had a bad game and they're behind by 20. Marlon Mack could have a terrible game. That could happen four times throughout the year or something like that. Something to keep in mind if he's taken off the field for Naeem Hines. 
Uh, two quarterback league and super flex. Do you have to draft three quarterbacks? I strongly suggest you do it in a two QB league. Do you have to do it in a super flex league? You don't have to, but it's in your best interest to do it. I mean, you know, you're just talking about taking another player at a position that you're going to hope to cycle through guys if you need to. And it's never a bad idea to have multiple players at those spots. Sure. So, you know, um, in our two QB league, I only have two guys. I regret it. In our super flex leagues, I have three guys and I love it. <laughs> I, I don't think you have to do it, but if you do do it, you've got trade capital. So on top of being prepared for the entire season and in case of emergency, you've got backups. Now quarterbacks carry value in these formats and you, you can get something in trade for, forget about you know the stud quarterbacks, you can get something in trade for Mitchell Trubisky in a two quarterback league that you wouldn't have been able to get in a one quarterback league. So definitely value in getting three quarterbacks. I don't always do it, but when I do, I, I'm I'm trying to get three of the top, call it 25 quarterbacks. And when I'm just drafting starters, I'm trying to get one of the top eight. So Mahomes all the way down to Andrew Luck for me. And then another one from nine through, call it 21. So one of the one of the great quarterbacks, one of the good quarterbacks, and then a third quarterback who doesn't have a bye week that's shared with one of the other two quarterbacks that I draft. I'll just give you an, an example. Like in our Super Flex League, you drafted... Jared Goff, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford. Me? Yeah. You. Yeah. Uh, Adam, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, one very good quarterback. I think Brady still qualifies as a good quarterback, and then Stafford is a little bit of a wild card. We'll see how he performs. But it's not a, a bad trio of guys to have there. Comparatively, somebody yeah. like uh, Andrew Balmer, who's uh, one of our producers and produces the show, um, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, and Marcus Mariota. Did he need to draft Mariota? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But can it hurt that if he needs him for a couple weeks, especially if Lamar Jackson fails or Drew Brees has a fall off? Not a, not a bad situation. You know, it just it every every team is going to be different. You know, so like like Dave has in this league, Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers. Uh, looks like no third. That's it, right? No, no third quarterback, but his flex options if he does need to replace Philip Rivers are Royce Freeman, Deshaun Jackson, Justin Jackson, Damien Harris, or Deshaun Hamilton. So are any of those guys going to score like a quarterback on a, on a week where he has to replace one of those guys? Probably not. So it's in your best interest to have that third quarterback, as bad as he may be. Like Heath has Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, and Andy Dalton. That gives him two options at that super flex spot that he may just decide to rotate through. Full disclosure, I drafted Royce Freeman before Monday night's game. <laughs> uh, a little embarrassing to have him on my team, but... I, I think well, you're going to find that we, in, in, in two quarterback leagues and uh, and super flex leagues, we will want other people to sort of reach for quarterback. You should take advantage of the depth of the position and load up. Not to say, like Dave said, he wants one great quarterback, one good quarterback, but don't take like Mahomes and Rodgers. I don't think that's a winning strategy. You should be loading up on... Well, I'll give I'll give you well, a team. We, we do have to. Uh, we have about three minutes well, left, Jamie. I'm sorry. So I, I need to talk about three receiver leagues. Sure. But somebody took Rodgers and Mayfield and still ended up with Jacobs Elliott. Mike Evans and you know very good other right. pieces. Yeah, it could happen. It could it could happen. I guess it's just not something that we typically do. All right, three receiver leagues. This is we've been doing so many three receiver league mocks. It's like uh, very in vogue right now. I did a Twitter poll. Do you play in a three receiver league? Fifty seven percent said yes. Forty three said no. Um, this does change a lot for me. Three receiver leagues I find changes my draft strategy maybe more than anything other than like non PPR versus PPR, but it does make me really focus on receiver. And I have noticed, gosh, the running back value can be so good in these types of leagues. So, look, I'm not saying I'm passing up 
Nick Chubb in the first round for like Michael Thomas because I'd still probably take Chubb, but you know I think in the in like the third like in the third and fourth round is where I'm more likely to go receiver. I kind of want to get three top twenty receivers or so if there's also a flex involved in you know when I might want to start four receivers. So I've been finding myself guys really affected by three receivers. It it changes my strategy a lot. Agreed. I mean you know it's it's. It's funny because, like, you know, we we don't always talk about, like, what the flex should be, and that's still a starter. It's like you almost wait to fill your flex spot instead of if you want to take three running backs that you really love in a two-receiver league, take three running backs. If you want to take three receivers in a two-receiver league to play your flex spot, especially in PPR, do that. It, it, a starter is a starter. So, you know, if you're talking, you know, uh, about zero RB and needing to take three receivers with your first three picks to lock up three starters and then just sort of fill figure out the running back position, do so. Sure, but... If you're in a three-receiver league with a flex, uh, how would you feel if your receivers were like Michael Thomas and then, say, Calvin Ridley and Robbie Anderson? Fine. Yeah? that That's a group I'm fine with. It's, I'd, yeah, I'd like it's to when you replace better. Michael Thomas with, um, you know, a, a round nine type of— with Sammy Watkins, that's when I would get a little skeeved out. Okay. I, I try to get a little bit better than that, but I'm not saying I'm right. No, but. Uh, no, but, and, and I'm, I think you should try and get better than that. You should want to get the best receivers you can. If you're starting three of them, plus a flex and a full PPR. Yeah. So you're uh, probably starting four because the position dries up, you know, like yes. everybody gets drafted. The waiver wire yep. will be okay, but it won't be what it usually is. Uh, we have to go. I apologize. Dave, uh, IDP thoughts real quick. Other than defensive line and linebackers that pick up a lot of tackles, and make sure your league credits tackles for scoring because if they don't, it changes the game completely. You wait, you wait on IDP players. And it also depends on how many you start. We're doing an IDP draft tomorrow. It's like a super IDP draft, a lot of defensive players, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to bring on Chris Harris uh, next week to talk about the draft. But, uh, yeah, I mean... A lot of them are interchangeable, but how many you start really does make a difference. So uh, more IDP at a later date. Thanks so much to Dave and Jamie. If you're at wondering, why do we have to go? Why do we have to go? Well, we share a video studio with other shows, other podcasts. Canel and Bell is coming up right after us. So our video crew needs time to uh, adjust the studio for other shows. I'm not trying to hurry these guys, I promise. I'm not trying to shortchange you, but I want to make sure we get a good solid hour of content in. I think we did that today. All right. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow is going to be a really fun show. Will Brinson's coming on. I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing a full PPR mock draft on the air. Yeah, sorry, Dave. Nah, 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 nah.